The following is a member of the Burke Reviews podcast family. BurkeReviews.com Hey everybody, welcome to Top 5 Movies. I'm John Burke. With me this week are Corey Starr. Hello, hello. And Michael Sanchez. Hello. And we're going to be recording kind of rapidly tonight because we're recording much later than we normally do on a different night than we usually do. So we all have work in the morning and things that we have to do. Um, So we're going to jump right into our list this week. Uh, Our subject is top five disaster films in honor of the atrocity-looking movie Geostorm coming out this week. And that is, of course, my opinion. I have not seen it, but the trailers look awful. Uh, That inspired our list. So... Without too much ado, we're going to get pretty much right into our top five list this week. But real quick, you guys doing okay? Yes. Yeah. How about you? Uh, not bad, not bad. Good. Um, well, Corey, go ahead and do the spoiler warning, and then I'll do the breakdown for the uh, the week. Okay, guys, you can go to BurkeReviews.com to check out our top five list for this episode ahead of time. Um, if you don't mind spoilers... We'll steam ahead, but we will probably be ruining these movies for you by spoiling them. All right. Um, so uh, this every every episode, Corey and I take a wager of how many of Mike's films um, we have seen, and it's not going to be a good one this week. Um, I think I went first last week, Corey, so you get to pick the, your number first. So will I choose one or two? <laughs> <laughs> I'll go with... I'll go with two. Ooh, you went. I'm gonna go low. I'm gonna go one because I this uh, a few weeks uh-huh. back. I don't remember which one, what the topic was, but Corey had a list where she barely got five movies in, and while I have more than five, it took a, a big stretch of what the disaster film genre is. Uh, Mike, what were you about to say? I, I don't know. We might have to revise it and make it how many of them. I don't know. We've collectively like, seen? casually like heard of in passing conversation i, I, I guess i don't oh, know no. well you all are, are sticking to ones and twos and well, it, it definitely depends on the subject uh i just know that this subject is not good for me because i went really reaching um to pull in my, my list here same um but it, it made sense for the theme i actually had it not been in october i would have made an effort to watch some new movies that i've been avoiding like uh I'll talk about it at the end, some that I've skipped. But just in case you've never listened, um, we we make our list in secret, and we reveal them to each other on the podcast. Uh, so I'm going first this week. Corey will go second. Mike will uh, wrap it up at third. And we're going to start with our number five. And mine is from 2011, and it's uh, directed by Jeff Nichols called Take Shelter. And in this movie... Um, you have Michael Shannon, Jessica Chastain, uh, Shay Wiggum, Tovi, Tova Stewart, um, Katie Mixon, and that's the list, basically. Uh, Michael Shannon really gets to lead this movie, and um, I watched it last year during my 366 challenge as I was kind of working my way through all of Jeff Nichols' films before um, uh, Midnight Special came out, and I really was taken by this one. I think this is probably my favorite of his movies. Um, there's a lot of ambiguity about it, but ultimately... Um, Michael Shannon's character foresees uh, a coming storm, a horrendous storm, 
and um, isn't really sure how to deal with what he's seeing, if it's a dream or if it's real. And um, he starts believing that it's real and uh, kind of his world starts kind of crumbling around him as he buys into this prophecy that he's having. Uh, excellent film. I really enjoy it. And um, it's my number five. I love that movie. Yeah, it's really it's hard to find. Or it was for me. I think I was on Shutter when I had Shutter. Oh, and that's weird. I was hmm. glad to watch it then. Yeah, I don't. I think I rented. I don't remember if I rented it from DVD dot com because I had subscribed to that for I think a little that's while. How I got it. Um, and uh, I don't know. It's one I kind of, I want to add to my collection though. I don't think I own it, and it's it's definitely one I really want to. I have Mud, and I have Midnight Special. Um, and I like both of those movies quite a bit, but I'd like to add this one for sure. All right. Um, that's my number five. We're going to go into Corey's. What do you got, Corey? Okay. My number five is from 2007, and it's directed by Danny Boyle. It's Sunshine. Ah, I need to see this. You do. I just watched it like a, maybe in the last year. I'm super bad with time. But um, Eight Scientist, and, and it has my boy Killian Murphy, who is a favorite of Danny Boyle. So um, Eight Scientists are on a mission to reignite the sun, um, but everything seems to be going wrong on their mission. Their ship is damaged. They don't have enough oxygen for everyone on board, and they have to survive a stowaway. It also has Chris Evans and Rose Byrne in it, who was also in another one of Danny Boyle's movies with Killian Murphy, actually. Oh, okay, no. yeah. Nope, that was a different... Oh. Nope, that was not Danny Boyle. That Got was 28 it. weeks later. I'm wrong. Ah. She tired. She tired. Yes. Um, I, I'm tr- I need to work my way through the rest of Boyle's collection. I've seen several of his films at this point, and I'm definitely a fan, but there's several I have not seen, and Sunshine is one that's high up on that list for me because I, I do like a, a space movie, so I, I'd like to check that one out. Same. Yeah, it's... Well, I mean, I think... When you think about it first, you'd think it's more sci-fi, but it, I mean, it's about the shutdown of the sun, and what's more disastrous than that? So, Yeah, I mean, um, it's it's one of, I think, a lot of people's big fears when they think about, you know, things destroying us from outside of our own atmosphere. You know, the sun is one of those big concerns, so. Um, all right, well, I think that's definitely a good pick. Let's move into uh, Mike's. Number five. All right. Well, I have a feeling that the lineage of disaster films can be traced back further than this. My 1974 Turkey pick, because it is is bad, bad, bad. <laughs> but it's my Turkey, and I'm and I'm going with it. And it's earthquake. Oh, and nice. And so I would I would have been 19 uh, let's see 1974 a year old when it was released. So I'm pretty sure I didn't see it on uh, at the theater, but more likely on the network release. Along with the, because um, disaster movies, I think were big. It was a big theme, especially an ensemble thing, uh, where they would get an ensemble cast. Uh, I, I figure the intention is to draw fans of those performers into mm-hmm. the theater seats. Uh, for example, this one has Charleston Heston, Ava Gardner, cool. George Kennedy, Lauren Green, Richard Roundtree, Victoria Principal, one of my favorites from Dallas, Walter Matthau. That's just a few. I mean, I list could go on and on. Uh, it's a definite nostalgia pick. It, it's an early, early one of the earlier ones I remember, and makes me miss the Universal Studios attraction. Yep. Um, pro- probably because I'm an East Coaster. I've been on, never gone really too far west. 
born in New York, the idea of the earthquake was very foreign to me when I was young. Uh, and the reality is horrifying, especially in the last few weeks. And it led me to pick this. Its ratings probably translate in it overstaying its welcome. It's oh, just about <laughs> two hours, just over two hours, but it's a uh, 5.8 IMDb. It doesn't have a Metascore, 35% Rotten Tomatometer rating, and a 35% audience score. But, you know, for, for disaster movies, you got to start with somewhere, and that's that's where I went. Yeah, you know, I've never seen it, but I have rode the ride. Does that count? <laughs> uh, no, 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 because that's not, if, if it were a two hour and two minutes ride, then yes, it would count. It, I don't, Mike, we're all about stretching here. Yeah, I don't remember for sure. It may have felt like a two hour ride, or I may have waited in line for two hours in the early Universal days. And ride is definitely being generous, right? Because it was more like a reenactment of the movie. Like, if I remember correctly, like you stood in like a subway mm-hmm, car mm-hmm. and it like shook and broke. Um, yeah, but it was still I do remember it. So kudos to Universal Studios, uh, Orlando. All right, um, Corey, you, I take you've also not seen Earthquake. <laughs> no. Yeah, uh, I we're gonna see a pattern here. I don't do many of these uh, disaster, true natural disaster films. Um, which, by the way, uh, new listeners, we we don't always define these topics too clearly. So there's some room for interpretation and. I found a good definition of disaster movies to be basically if the central plot resolves around some pending or happening disaster, it qualifies. So I still tried to pick something that I felt like there was mass destruction in some capacity, but um, there's one on my list that people might argue is not a disaster movie. But again, I found my movies from a list of someone else's uh, devising. So that said, my number four is a movie I've not seen Probably since '98, but I I usually don't pick movies like that because I don't my I can't talk about them much. But it's from 1997. It's called Volcano, uh, directed by Mick Jackson, who I don't know, um, but does star Tommy Lee Jones, and I remember that. Uh, I didn't remember Anne Heche as much. I remember the female lead, but I didn't remember who it was. I'm currently not a big fan of Anne Heche as I am a Doug Loves Movies fan, and I support Doug for him kicking her off of his uh, show. But uh, Whoa. Oh, yeah, that was an episode. You might want to go back to the catalog and find that one. Um, Don Cheadle's in it, though, and that's the only names I'm really... Oh, well, Keith David, who's great. Um, That's all I'm really seeing. Oh, John Carroll Lynch is in it. I like him. He just uh, made his. Hey, did you know John Carroll Lynch is uh, David Lynch's brother? No. No. I just learned that, and I'm, I'm I have not confirmed that, mind you. But my source is usually again reliable, uh, and I I don't feel like he would have just made that up. But um, he just made his directorial debut debut as well, I believe. So um, he's following in his bro's footsteps to a degree. Um, but enough about that. Volcano, uh, as the you probably have guessed from the title, the volcano erupts. But it erupts in downtown Los Angeles, threatening to destroy the city. What I mainly remember is there's like a reservoir, and the temperature has raised a lot. And the woman's like, you know, that doesn't happen overnight. They can't raise that many degrees in one night or something along those lines. And that's all I really remember. I remember there's some really cool visuals in the movie, like when the lava is flowing through the streets of L.A. It's pretty crazy. But I don't remember much else. Um, I know that this came out, and I think Dante's Inferno or Dante's Peak. Maybe it's Dante's Peak came out about the same time and I, yes. I I opted to see this one instead of that one. So this is the one I knew. Um, I liked it at the time. Uh, a friend of mine at the time was a big fan of it and he watched it like over and over again when it was on HBO or whatever. I remember just watching it once and being like, yeah, it's good. 
but I'm I'm good. Like I don't need to rewatch it. I I got it. So, but it's my number four, and I kind of feel like Take Shelter should have been ahead of it. But I I was hesitant with Take Shelter because it's not. I don't feel like the the actual disaster is the central plot as much as his fear of a potential disaster. But I'm not sure. So. Um. I purposely don't ask questions sometimes just so that I have more liberty. <laughs> I should have probably put Take Shelter at number four, but Volcano is where it sits. Um, and T- Tommy Lee Jones is looking pretty young in these pictures, I got to say. Um, I mean, he's 97, so he wasn't like young, young, but he definitely looks a lot younger in this movie. Um, Mike, you a fan of Volcano? I think I was a Dante's Peak person over Oh, interesting. Volcano. Uh, was was Pierce Bronson? Pierce Pierce Brosnan and Lin, Linda Hamilton. Hmm. I think maybe it wasn't Linda Hamilton, but I know it was Pierce Brosnan. Yeah, I, I remember him, and that's I don't know. Um, I am a Tommy Lee Jones fan, to be honest. Uh, that's I think one of the reasons why Oh Brother or not Oh Brother or Thou. Jesus, um, today has been a day, guys. I don't know how y'all have been, but oh, I'm sorry. This Tuesday feels like a Monday for real, and um, mm-hmm. but uh. No Country for Old Men. Jeez. Um, I, is what, I think he's a big part of why I love that movie. And also Men in Black. I, I love Tommy Lee Jones and Men in Black. And I remember yeah, I saw The Fugitive and all that stuff. So I, I think that's where I went Volcano over uh, Dante's. But enough about this movie from 97 that I don't really remember that well. And let's get to <laughs> Corey's number four. <laughs> okay. My number four, I forgot to get the year. I want to say it was 2016. Maybe it was this year. I don't know. Um, it is... 10 Cloverfield Lane. Okay. Um, I was pleasantly surprised about this by this movie. I hated Cloverfield. Sorry, don't throw rocks at me. Um, John Goodman, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, uh, a.k.a. Ramona Flowers, and John Gallagher Jr. are pretty much the whole cast. I think we get like a one-minute, you know, uh, character, some woman. Um, what I loved so much about this movie is we didn't really know what was going on for so long. Is there really a threat or is Howard just nuts? Maybe both. Yep. Um, directed by Dan Trachtenberg, who I, I, he's relatively new. It is a bad robot film though. So I expect him to be showing up in other stuff. And, uh, if you didn't know the, uh, boyfriend on her, uh, phone at the beginning of the movie is Bradley Cooper. Um, but he's, he's uncredited, but it Mm -hmm. is, it's the voice of Brad Cooper. Um, so he, he made a little cameo. Um, I like this movie a lot. I saw this in my list. Uh, the, 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 I used, it was a Wikipedia article on disaster movies and it was like super long, had it super extensive. I saw this, I had a hard, it, it clearly is. And I just was like, man, I don't know if I could justify it on the episode. But, yeah. It, it, see, oh, sorry. Well, spoilers, but, um, we, we gave a spoiler warning. It's fine. Uh, I, well, I mean, it's a Cloverfield movie. What do you, <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I really did like this film a lot. I actually, my daughter went with me. Uh, we both loved it. I'm actually planning on teaching it, um, I hope, this year to oh. one of my classes because it's a film that I really think a lot of people missed. And that's one of my favorite things to get to teach my students is stuff that they may maybe heard of but didn't get to see or never heard of at all and um, introducing them to it, both new and old. And uh, this is one that I think um, really builds the suspense super well, and it's – it, there's some gore in it, but for the most part, it's fairly. Um, obviously, there's some implications made, but the for the most part, it's tame compared to some other films. So, um, but yeah, that, I, definitely a good pick and one that I kind of wish I'd had more confidence to put on my own list because again, Volcano, kind of a weak pick, I think, on my list. 
If you don't have many to pick from, I guess you got to go with what you know. Well, again, there's a lot on that that Wikipedia article, and I guess I was trying to keep it closer to what I initially had intended as a disaster film um, list. But uh, you know, kind of, I had to broaden my horizons in order to make a, a list. All right, Mike, what is your number four? So I'm sticking with the ensemble cast theme, uh, and this is from 1980 called When Time Ran Out. And honestly, at the, this point in the game in 1980, the six years, it's just six years after Earthquake, the ensemble cast theme, I think it, that formula had started to wear thin. But this one caught my attention. I knew I was pretty young, and it was on TV uh, it, because of the cast. It, again, intentionally done by the producers etc or the people that put it together and the premise uh and this one it's an it has it oddly enough it has to do with an active volcano that's looming over an island resort which means a bunch of people have to fight to stay alive on this island resort uh the draw for me was paul newman uh jacqueline Bissett, who i remembered from peter benchley's the deep william holden which i think was one of his last roles burgess meredith pat morita mm-hmm. yes i saw that pat morita uh, a slew of other stars, even uh, Alex Karras, who played Webster's Adopted Dad. I, I'm yeah, I thought that's who it was. Name. I was like looking at his um, face. Yeah, okay. yeah. I mean, this is just. I'm, I'm one of the very, very few people that probably even know this one, let alone liked it. Uh, it's just uh, here's here's how bad it was. Uh, Four point four IMDb, no Metascore, shameful, shameful, zero percent rotten. Oh, no. <laughs> and equally as bad 16% audience score I may have chosen poorly but it's stuck in my mind and if probably if I revisited I would probably have to demote this but it, it's stuck in my head and I really liked it at the time yeah. I was younger this uh, reminded me this this type of movie um, there was a debate when I was making my list and I wasn't sure um, I ended up not including it on my list but I do have a question now I guess if we see a movie but it's through uh, Mystery Science Theater or Rift Tracks. Does that count as seeing the movie? I feel like it would count. See, I, I didn't count it. Mike's uh, size. My only well, one that I've picked from Mystery Science Theater has been the actual movie that was released in the theaters. Was Mystery Science right? Theater 3000. Yeah. So, because like, I saw Avalanche on the new season of Mystery Science Theater uh, The Return. Um, yeah, and that's bad. oh, that real bad, bad, real bad. But I watched the whole movie, but I only was able to tolerate it because of did Jonah it, and the other two uh, robots. So, did it have a theatrical release? Uh, I am pretty did sure that one did because it actually had a big cast. Um, I, that's right, it did. It, there was uh, the, the the woman from Rosemary's Baby, I think, was the lead female, Mia um, Farrow. Mia, oh, Farrow. Mia Farrow. So, like, that's a big name star. So, I'm pretty sure it did. I, I did not ve- uh, verify, but maybe that's maybe that be the rule. If the film had a uh, theatrical release, well, no, because we don't limit that for home. Like, if a movie's direct to DVD, we don't limit that, right? I mean, I thought we had because I uh, TV I mean, movies. I have movies that are made for TV. Okay. I I've, I've fought against, but like because we've had some that are like Netflix exclusives. Yes, and although some of those do get theatrical releases, um, like Gerald's Game premiered at a film festival, so that that qualifies as theatrical. Counts. Um, but yeah, that's maybe not something we should spend too much time on now, but just something to think about guys. We have to kind of, uh, make that decision. Cause I was sitting here making my list. Like I saw Avalanche, but I don't think that counts cause it was mystery science theater and it was on Netflix. So I don't know. But, um, 
my number three is uh, oddly enough Cloverfield from 2008. <laughs> um, I really like Cloverfield, unlike Corey, but I am a sucker for monster movies. I have found I like big giant monsters destroying cities. Um, I like I like Godzilla films. I like the I I like King Kong. I didn't watch Peter Jackson's King Kong because I heard it was too long and I just haven't bothered to try. Um, but I like uh, Pacific Rim, even though it's not a perfect movie. I like a lot about it. I even like the Power Rangers um, back when I was a kid, and honestly, I like the new movie. Um, I like giant monsters in cities. Apparently. And Cloverfield, I was very late to the party. I didn't see it until right before 10 Cloverfield Lane. Um, my daughter and I watched it right before, directed by Matt Reeves, uh, stars Mike Vogel, Jessica Lucas, Lizzie Chaplin, uh, TJ Miller, um, and a couple other people. Odette uh, Annabelle, I think, is in some stuff. And I, I really enjoyed the film, um, even though it's one of the only found footage films outside of the Blair Witch Project that I actually argue for. I think this is a well-made one. I think they, they use the found footage format fairly well. I don't think it's perfect, but I think it's better than a lot of the other ones. Like A lot of people will pull up Project Almanac or Chronicle. I think both of those have major flaws with their found footage element. And I, uh, I think Cloverfield just does a terrific job. It's intense. Um, you get to see enough of the monster that I was satisfied. Um, and the, the, the world, like the, the way the city is being destroyed, there's some really uh, intense moments. And... It was easy to add this to my list. Yeah, it's hard to not include it on the list. So, uh, I like the or suppose supposed um, tale that the Escape from New York poster was an inspiration to get this oh. one kind of going. I Have heard, heard that of, story. No, but that's interesting. With because the Escape from New York story has the head of the Statue of Liberty. Yeah kind of on on the ground detached from the statue and so they kind of extrapolated as in well what could have caused that to oh, happen and they went with that that's really cool yeah i need to, i i've seen escape from new york um and i think i saw the sequel uh when i was a kid but i've not seen them as an adult and i really want to revisit those because i liked big trouble little china as a kid but i really liked it as an adult so i wonder if how much more i'll like uh escape from new york and and I probably will skip Escape from L.A. I haven't heard as many good things about no, that. No, you don't want to watch that. It's it's bad. It, it, mm. They really didn't they like really bite into the B movie element in the second one. Like it was pretty cheesy. Yeah. I mean, they had some moments, but it's it, it lost uh, the tone of the film is very different than the original. Uh, it went more for the campy route. And I should point out too um, that uh, Matt Reeves, who I mentioned directed uh, Cloverfield, has recently. Uh, been doing very well for himself, having directed um, War for the Planet of the Apes and Dawn of the Planet of the Apes oh. and uh, Let Me In, the American remake of Let the Right One In, which I like mm. as much, if not more, than the Swedish version, but that's I am a Chloe Grace Moretz fan, at least I was. Um, and he's also, uh, right now, he's working on the Batman, the Batman standalone movie for the DC Universe. Um, mm. So, uh, he his I think his big break was Cloverfield, so... Yeah, he's wow. Really, he's really done a lot. Mm-hmm. Really enjoy those Planet of the Apes films. Yeah, they're they're terrific. Um, I need to get uh, War of the Planet of the Apes soon. It's coming out on Blu-ray soon. Um, Corey, what is your numero tres? 
I really had to think about that for a moment. Okay, <laughs> so I had to put some movies on here that I've already talked about. Duh, one of my five already. Um, and number three is uh, 1995's Apollo 13, directed by Ron Howard. Um, I talked about this kind of recently. Yep. Uh, Tom Hanks. Bill Paxton, Gary Sinise, Kevin Bacon, and Ed Harris. Um, it's based on the true story of the 1970 lunar mission. Uh, NASA had NASA. Whoops. NASA had to <laughs> NASA. It's a whole new, you know, branch. Um, well, that's abandon. why. That's why they had the problem because they didn't use yeah. the official and national Aeronautics and space administration. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to try to get the astronauts home safely. Um, I, did, I, they, did they do it? Yeah. Did, did, just, did, spoiler. Did. Yeah. Um, uh, I. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I, you go ahead. No, I mean it's either way. I was to say I. I await the day when this movie's on someone's list and I can be like, yeah, I've seen it because I still have not watched it. Um, <gasps> we, we. You did this last time. I so, know. That's <laughs> it's, right. It's uh, it's one that I own and I. I skipped as a as a kid for whatever reason. I skipped a lot of dramas as a kid. It's just one I haven't made my way back to. I really would like to see it on the big screen, and I, they did something. I don't think it was nationwide, but I think they did something recently after Bill Paxton's passing, but at a theater I just can't get to, like I think in California, ArcLight type thing. But I'm hoping that they'll they'll play it in theaters again soon. Um, maybe after Ron Howard's uh, Han Solo film comes out, they'll be like, hey, let's watch his other space movie. But um, yeah, uh, it's one I, I definitely need to watch, so it's on my list. You should watch it. It's it really works all around. I, I, it's one of those. Well, it's on. I gotta watch it. Yeah, See what happens this time. The, <laughs> yeah, let's. Yeah. Um. Ron Howard worked really closely with NASA, and got to use like um. I, the vomit this, comet. They used uh, the plane that does the loops for the zero g. Yep. I was gonna say the non gravity blah blah. blah but no, um, no, the vomit comment. That's what they call vomit. it. Okay, fine. We're gonna get scientific here. Um, so I just think <laughs> that that's really cool. Scientific. Cool. The vomit yes. comment is the scientific. <laughs> yeah. It's the Latin that name. Is... <laughs> Pucus must. The vomitus comitus. <laughs> For Nansa. We're we're all having a really good Tuesday today, folks. Um, Woo! It did feel like another Monday, man. Oh, man. <laughs> Tomorrow a, better be Wednesday. Just another manic Monday. I... I can't believe no, it's not. It's Tuesday. Oh crap! That feels like a Monday. I can't believe you left Clint Howard off your cast list. Oh, cheese and rice. I'm sorry. Um, can I tell Han you Solo. that? Can I tell you that he still scares me from? Uh, oh my God! What was that horrible movie in the early '90s? Uh, the Ice the Cream Man. Ice Cream Man. Yeah, <laughs> Ice Cream Man is one of. The, he's I been in a lot of horrible it. movies, but that one was just. Ugh. I don't know that I want to watch it. I want to rewatch it. The cover was enough. The cover is enough. Yeah, on that one. word. Right, right up there, Doctor Giggles. Go ahead. All right, Mikey. What is your number three disaster movie? This pick for me was one of those happy accidents in film, where something happens to be on right at the beginning, and you get drawn into it, uh, and so you start. You, I just stopped everything and started watching it, and then, you know this can go either way. And in this case, it really worked for me. Uh, it's 2008's Blindness. The film throws you into a world where unexplained blindness, because this isn't spoiling anything, there isn't ever any explanation for the blindness in the film, uh, just t takes over people. 
and not all at the same time. So there are pockets of humans that do retain their sight, and it, became, it becomes a, a study of the degeneration of society as the ailment progresses. Uh, not everyone goes blind, and those who don't, uh, those who do, don't go blind at the same time. Like I said in the past, the the, the afflicted they don't exhibit any causes for their blindness. Exams show everything to be okay physically; they just are blind. Uh, the cast is led by Julianne Moore and Mark Ruffalo, and right there alone, I think was that they would have gotten my attention anyway. Yep. It's a different kind of disaster film. Uh, much better in, uh, than I would say the similar The Happening, and obviously in The Happening the problem is altogether very different. Um, it's based on a novel, and the author was really resistant on it being adapted to film, and later admitting that oh. he was in tears after his initial viewing of it, as he felt the treatment was just so much so deftly handled, and better handled than he thought would be. So that's a pretty good testament in and of itself, I think. Uh, 6.6 IMDb score, 45 meta score, 43% Rotten Tomatometer score, 47% audience score. So the ratings aren't the best, but it worked for me. I liked it. It's different. Uh, It's not a Michael Bay kind of disaster movie. It's understated uh, and I think overlooked. It's The director is um, Fernando Mariles. I'm sure I'm butchering that, but he directed City of God, which has been on my watch list for a oh, long time now. That, that's probably why I really liked it. Yeah, and he also did The Constant Gardener, which I've heard good things about as well. So oh, I uh, need to watch that. I need to. Rachel uh, Vice. I bought. Oh, I'm a big fan of hers, and um, City of God I bought last year, and I just haven't got to it. I just know it's super. It's super uh, hard to. It it feels like it's going to be super hard to watch because of the nature of the film. So. Um, um, not in the like. Uh, it's hard because it's bad. Like it's hard because of the subject matter. Because it's like kid drug lords, right? Uh, like, uh, well, I mean, you see the progression. It's you've seen gang uh, boys in the hood and whatnot. Oh, yeah. It's along those lines, and it just definitely feels more organic and definitely real. Because you know it is based. Well, boys in the hood has some basis, I'm sure, in reality, but um, and. It's definitely worth watching, and it's not so difficult. It's not one of those that is difficult to watch, and then you can't go back to it. I would watch that again. I've watched it several times. I, I need to. Just... It's. I'm looking at the Blu-ray right now. Like, watch it. You just gotta watch it. But um, it's interesting though that Julianne Moore is in your number three because she is in my number two, um, which is from. Ew, two... that sounds weird. <laughs> <laughs> she just won't stay out of my feces. But. Um... Oh, no. Children of Men from 2006, directed by Alfonso mm-hmm. Cuarón, uh, mm-hmm. Julianne Moore, Clive Owen. Um, uh, oh man, Chuitel Eljafor. I, I know I just butchered the first name. Um, Michael Michael Kane. Oh, that was a horrible. That was Scottish. I don't even know <laughs> what just happened. Um, I don't do accents for a reason, apparently. Oh, I didn't realize it sounded very Inspector Clouseau to me. Ah, uh, Charlie Hunnan is in this. I didn't realize Charlie Hunnan was in Children of Men. Mm. He must be one of like the random like guard people. Um, but um, I'm a big fan of Alfonso Cuarón. Uh, I I really really I actually saw less of this movie. Um, a lot. Like I had seen three clips from this film many, many times. I'd even taught a scene from the film, having not seen the film itself. Um, and I finally watched it last year in its entirety, and I knew I was going to enjoy it. Um, I knew the subject matter was definitely uh, very dour. If you're not familiar with the premise of Children of Men, 
Um, it's a in 2027. Uh, there has not been a single child born for 18 years, if I'm not mistaken. I think the kid that uh, the world's youngest man dies in the beginning of the film. You're you're you see it on a newscast. The world's youngest man who was 18 or 19 years old, um, and so no one else had been born for that long, and no one knows why. And uh, that is the world that we're in. And and Clive Owen comes across a woman who has, is pregnant, the first pregnant woman in 18 years, and he's tasked with escorting her. Uh, to safety and it is um, an intense film of a post-apocalyptic world there's some really amazing camera work Um, you have Emmanuel Lubezki is the cinematographer um, the first cinematographer to win uh, three back-to-back Academy Awards and then plus this one in 2006 it was uh, he won for The Revenant, Gravity and uh, Birdman and The Unexpected Virtue of Ignorance and then he also won for this for Best Cinematographer um and so you can, you can imagine some of the most amazing long one take shots in in film history in this movie, um, on top of an amazing story, and some really great performances. So Children of Men is my number two. It's a really good concept. Uh, is, is it original screenplay? I wonder if it was based on. If it was adaptation, that, it is. Yeah. There's. It looks like it's an adaptation. Hold on. Oh. Um, yeah, there's a novel, The Children of Men, written by P.D. James. Okay. And then several people worked on well, the screenplay. There's like th- five credits on screenplay. There was a comic book, uh, Why the Last Man, um, that it's supposed to be really well done. And I'm surprised they haven't tried to adapt. Well, it might be it, the run on it had been so long. And instead of, you know, being, being infertile, it's just the last man on earth uh, kind of concept. Not quite the same, but. It's it's children and it was really good. Uh, mm-hmm. You you would think that they would be celebrate you know this person oh she's pregnant but just the way the treatment it's just yeah kind of well, goes against what you would think and it seems like they all want her for themselves essentially like they all want mm-hmm. yeah um, a bunch of greedy men. <laughs> Ew. I mean it is kind of like and not necessarily in a sexual way but like there are uh, factions fighting and and they all want. Uh, this woman, I think, more to f- like to figure out maybe why why is she able to have a baby when no one else has been able like the whole world, no one on the planet has had a child for eighteen years. So what what's I the difference? Wonder how long it would take the human race to go extinct. It was happening pretty fast in that movie. I'll tell you, like they're they're killing each other faster. Uh, than you would think if like we're like oh we must preserve humanity like no we're just gonna kill each other. Um, nah. Anarchy. Yeah. Have you seen that movie, Corey? I have not. That's one you need to definitely check out. It's it's a masterpiece. Um, th- there's it, it's it, it's hard to watch. Like there's some intense scenes for sure. Um, but again, some really great performances, and uh, I think very likely Clive Owen's best performance. Um, I can't think of anything where he's better than what he is in Children of Men. Um, and man, there's some amazing like the opening sequence alone is amazing. Like, it's him buying a cup of coffee, and the camera follows him out into the world. Um, and like it's it's all one take, so it's literally following him as he walks down the street. It rotates around him, and he set his cu- coffee cup on like a newspaper stand or something, and is pouring whiskey in the coffee. And as he's doing that, the coffee shop he was just in that was packed full of people explodes. Mm-hmm. And that sets the tone for the world that you're in because you just heard about this 18 year old kid, and then you witness a terror attack essentially on a coffee shop packed with people. Um, it's it's crazy intense. Um, all right, 
uh, next up is uh, uh, Corey. It's your number two. Oh, um, I can't remember if I've talked about this one before, but it's from 1964, The Last Ma- Man on Earth. I don't think so. Vincent uh, Price? Yes. The Richard Matheson? Oh, I don't know who directed it. No, the writer. The, oh. the same thing as... Uh, I Am Legend? Um, yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, Vincent Price plays Dr. Robert Morgan, a man that fills his, fills his, I'm making up all kinds of words today, that <laughs> fills his days with hunting vampires um, after plague has hit and claimed many by making them undead. And he believes that he's the last man on earth and he pretty much is. So are they zombies or vampires in that movie? They're, it's kind of weird. Like they don't like... They're like zombies. vampires, yeah, vampires, zam- zombies. They're zombies. There we go. Um, it's really weird. They don't like garlic. They uh, don't like mirrors. Uh, they pretty much don't come out during the, the day, I believe. But they're slow and they're not very smart. They like pumpkin spice lattes, probably. Awesome. Very basic. Hold up now. Um, oh no! Uh, there is a uh, a. Uh, Hashtag basic work, everybody. But there is uh, oh, yeah. one of the pictures is him holding a uh, a wooden stake in a mallet. So clearly, definitely going for some of the vampire lore. And I know this is the Will Smith movie. The I Am Legend has um, some discrepancies, too, with traditional vampires. Like, they are more vampiric than zombie, but they definitely aren't straight-up vampires, from what I recall, at least. In I Am Legend, aren't they, like, regressing um Oh, I, that's probably not the right word. Um, they're like, I don't know how to explain it, but kind of like in Daybreakers, how they like slowly become less human, and I don't know how to explain it. I, I, I get what you're saying. They're uh, devolving instead of evolving. Devolving. There um, you go. I'm not sure. I honestly don't think I've sat through the whole I Am Legend. Um, I know what happens to the oh. dog, so I, I couldn't. Yeah, there's a dog in this movie, too. I was going to ask if there was a dog in this movie, and there sure it's- is. I don't feel like it's as I was sad, but I didn't. I was I was mad at I Am Legend. I was mad at that movie with that pup, Sam. I remember its name. <laughs> wow. I'm so mad and sad. It's no John Wick, but all right, um, all right. Uh, Mike seemed like he had uh, you seen this, Mike? I've not. I know it. Um, that's what. Didn't they do? There's one with Charlton Vincent Heston. Price too, one, right? Charlton Heston, yeah, it's the one. Omega um, Man. The Omega Man. Um, but also, there's like an Asylum production one oh. after I Am Legend. What? Uh, but really? I don't remember. Yeah. So there, this has been a very yeah, hugely adapted, uh, ad- much adapted work. Um, but I, I'd probably have to watch it. I'm, I'm aware of it. I just had not. I feel like they might be yet. doing another one as well. Like, and cause <laughs> they, they always change the name, but it's just such, it's such a important type of story. Like, I think everyone, there's something visceral about it that we connect to, and it's why it keeps getting remade. Um, and why it's never called the same thing. I mean, not one of those movies is I Am Legend again, or you know, what I mean, like they're all uh, in the ballpark. Oh, but. The- Interesting thing, and I didn't know this um, until Saturday or Sunday, is that it's based off of a book, mm-hmm. um, Last Man on Earth, but it, the book is entitled I Am Legend. 
I didn't mm. know that uh, what it was called, but I did know it was based off a book. That's why there's all the different adaptations too. Uh, which Mike, no Richard Matheson is screenplay credit, but all right, um, interesting pick, Corey. That's we really went way back on that one. Um, I know you're a Vincent Price fan, though. We just did the Fly from 1958 uh, on Movie Club last week, um, and Corey and I were both a big fan of that. Although we both expected Vincent Price to be the guy who became the Fly, and he is not. So oh. <laughs> um, I was glad that he wasn't. I love the guy who yeah, played well, him. Yeah, yeah, me too, me too. But I was just it, with Vincent Price's yeah. name is on it. I'm expecting him to be the lead. Especially in 58. They didn't want so. him today. Um, but, all right. Word. Mike, what is your number two? I feel like I might be stretching the parameters set forth by the idea of a disaster you know, film. But to me, it seems like Geostorm, which is the inspiration for this topic list, uh, is, is a man-made disaster, right? Because it's a weather, a weather control system that's yeah. gone awry. Yeah. And so as such this i felt classified my pick uh, towards the definition of a disaster film it's from 1977 black sunday it was adapted uh from a novel by the same name that was written long before he authored red dragon silence of the lambs oh. hannibal uh, uh thomas harris he came up with the idea of a terrorist attack during the super bowl so i highly doubt this would probably be made now or even be attempted to you know be remade because it's very you know subject matter is uh, in the 70s i guess this wasn't seen as a problem um the it stars robert shaw and richard krenna as the leads uh, directed by john frankenheimer who i am a fan of and that's probably why i really like this it's tense or at least in the, in the time period of during the release it was and so I'm curious to see if it holds up for modern audiences. Score-wise, it's fair. 6.8 IMDb score, no meta score, 71% fresh tomatometer score, a 64% audience score. But, uh, you know, the idea of the, the assassination of a president during the Super Bowl, is, it's like, whoa, very, calm, you know, and definitely different than what he ended up being more famous for. Well, I am a big fan of Quint. And Jaws, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But, and I am also painfully aware I've not seen enough other Robert Shaw films. I don't think I've seen any since I've been aware of who he was. You know what I mean? Like I may have, like I, I'm pretty sure I saw The Sting as a kid, which is listed on his top three. Uh, but I, I haven't seen it as an adult, so I definitely wasn't aware of him then. Where I am, a, Quint has some of my favorite like moments in film history, like the the speech about. The, the him delivering the nuclear weapon is is one of my favorite monologues in film. Like I love that scene so much. Um, I really do want to kind of dive into some of his other stuff. So this movie sounds interesting. It's a little long, so I don't know. Corey might not want to watch it. It's two hours and twenty three minutes. Um, but I'm intrigued by it for sure. I just watched Blade Runner, guys. <laughs> yeah, but it's Blade Runner. I know it's Blade Runner. <laughs> <laughs> That's like her watching three movies altogether. That's right. <laughs> she she checked out for a week after that. Though, I didn't so. even have to run to the restroom in the middle, guys. I was so proud. That is impressive. And you're talking Blade Runner 2049 there. Not yeah. You watched but I both. did rewatch the first yeah. one. Yeah. So there you go. I think in, Good for you, yeah. Corey. Boom. Um, Thanks, guys. I actually didn't realize this uh, until like I was talking in my last movie. But my number one is directed by the same person as my number two. Um, it's Alf- Alfonso Cuaron, uh, who I am a fan of, mind you, so I'm not that surprised, but I didn't make that connection when I was looking at it. It stars 
a whopping, uh, this is similar to Corey's movie earlier, a whopping three people, really. Technically, there's four. But we get uh, Ed Harris, but he's just a voice. George Clooney and Sandy B, as in Sandy Bullock. And I'm going with Gravity from 2013. And um, I got to say, the big reason why this movie is on my number one spot and not Children of Men, which I think... I think Children of Men is a movie I would rather watch again as far as story goes, but I had no interest in Gravity at all when it was coming out. Um, for a lot of the reasons why, when we talk at the end of this, um, I haven't seen a lot of natural disaster movies. I was just like, how exciting can this movie be? And I didn't see it in the theater, and I really regret it. I wish I'd saw Gravity in the theater. Um, but I, I got to see it at my friend's house, who has a theater setup, kind of, like good surround sound amazing quality television and i was out of breath for most of this movie when i saw it the first time i was so on the edge of my seat i was so invested i cared about her survival um and again it's uh emmanuel lubeski um same cinematographer as well as children of men um it's a gorgeous film it's intense uh definitely need a good sound system i've i've taught this movie at this point um it's a film that i i don't necessarily want to rewatch because it is so intense um and it, it captured me and i was so so invested in the movie by the end um again having initially written it off so when making this list it was easy to put it in number one because it, it won me over i went in um apprehensively decided to watch it i think my friend and i had decided to watch all the oscar nominations um before the oscars and so we were forced to watch it and we both loved it. And it was, again, a movie that neither of us had really any interest in. Um, and, I mean, I, earlier I, I mentioned I hadn't seen Apollo 13. Um, and that has more plot because it's not just them in space. Like, it's getting them in space. And then then it has the, the dealing with elements. And I skipped that movie. And this movie looked like it was just that part of Apollo 13, just the disaster element. But... Um, Man, it is an intense watch for sure, and I really do like a good thriller. So, Gravity is my number one. Hmm. I see, man. Maybe I'm thinking of someone else. I thought someone really didn't like it. I liked it. I. Uh, oh, go ahead. Well, I'm more of a Sandra Bullock fan, so she's. I like Sandy. She'd B. have to do something pretty, pretty horrid. I mean. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm a. Which is that? Which is the one she did with uh, Harry Connor? Uh, Hope. Uh, I love floats. that movie. Yeah, oh no! I was floats. thinking. I was thinking. Let's give them something to talk about. Oh, I don't know that. No, movie. I'm not a fan of that one either. That's Julia yeah. Roberts. Oh that, Jesus! That is, no. That's Julia Roberts. And yeah, Dennis I think Quaid. you're right. See, see, you're not. You don't even know your. Did you say David Spade? Your rom com. Uh, no. Oh, sorry. Uh, you're right. I got the uh, titles mixed uh, up. Uh, uh, Julia, Julia Roberts and. Da- Dennis, Dennis Quaid. Quaid. Dennis Quaid. I heard da- David Spade, and I was like, "What?" <laughs> like, yeah, that would be a, that would be a casting rom com with David Spade and Julia Roberts. <laughs> like, whoa, that's a <laughs> <laughs> swipe left on, goes Just wrong. Just David Spade at all in a rom? Oh, okay. Uh, well, I mean, you know, poor David Spade. Um, yeah. I love him as Joe Dirt. Did uh, Corey? Did, did you not like Gravity? I saw it on IMAX. Oh man. Um, I. Okay, it was okay, but as far as the space movies that have come out recently-ish, um, Interstellar, uh, what was, See, why am I forgetting, I, I Martian, and then, what? I don't think those movies are in the same vein. Like, to me, 
this is a survival movie, um, or it's a disaster movie. Uh, let's <laughs> point that out. Um, I mean, yeah. And uh, so uh, I think it does different stuff than those movies. Like Interstellar, I like more as a as a movie, but there's so much more than like the disaster. Like I don't even. There is obviously a disaster element to it, but unless that's <laughs> number one, in which case, um, it should have been. I don't know that it, but... I, I wouldn't have qualified it. I mean, not that I would disqualify if you had, but like for my list, I wouldn't have thought Interstellar because I think it's more about the human drama and more about you know the uh, fourth it's dimension. All about, um, uh, continuing the human species, though. You're, you're right. There is a disaster theme, but I don't think it's the. I don't think that's really what the movie's about. I think that's what's. It's like in a way, it's a MacGuffin. It's what gets them going. I'm really okay. Um, I, I know that everyone loves Sandra Bullock and she was, she was good in this movie, but can we talk about George Clooney who had like 10 minutes of screen time and made his character amazing in that amount of time? I, yeah, I totally want to cause I am a, I am a big George Clooney fan. I don't love him in everything, but he wins me over more often than not. Um, this movie, you, you great. didn't like him in return of the killer tomatoes. I, I have not. I, I don't think I've seen that. I did not like him in Batman and Robin, and that is that ooh, is an affront ooh. to me, as I am a huge Batman fanatic, as I've said many I, times. I, I'm Batman. Yeah, the Bat credit card was I'm about Batman. the worst freaking thing that's ever happened. Um, no, he didn't even do that. No, oh, I'm sorry, I went Christian Bale. Yeah. Um. Anyways, so let's uh, not to take up too much time, but Corey, what is your number one? Okay. My number one is from 2013. It stars Tara. <laughs> what? Go... <laughs> I tried so hard to say straight face. I wanted you guys to believe me when I said Sharknado. Oh, oh man. I've never concerned. even seen it. And then I had to say Ian Zering. Yeah. I just know him from what? The Hills. 90210. Yeah. What... Okay. Damn it. I want to point Mike, Mike and I saw Sharknado in the theater. Yeah. We paid money to see was Sharknado. Was it Mystery Science? It was Rift Tracks, but it yes. Tracks. It was Rift Tracks. I remembered it was in theater because another friend went to see I gotta it. say, though, it won me over enough to uh, watch Sharknado 2 when it premiered on Sci-Fi. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm, I, I sincerely, I'm doubting your commitment to Sharknado. Yeah, the first, the first one's super well. funny when you watch it as a comedy. The second one's funnier, and then it goes really bad. Like, the third and fourth Why are there five? There's five, and I, I hear they're doing six, even though five did not do well. Five was kind of like under the radar. People didn't Global know it was Global swarming? I mean, with a title like that, why not? They had chainsaw lightsabers in number three, I think. Nah. So. Yes. How does that even work? And David Hasselhoff showed up, and they had to go to space, so things got crazy. So. God. I can't work here anymore. Um. Anyways, I have talked about this movie before. And I'm sorry, not sorry. I like it so much, I really want to read the book. And I'm trying to peer pressure John into watching it. Um, it is The Road. Oh, it's not peer pressure. I, I bought it and want to watch it. I just haven't got to it. I really like this movie. Um, it's post-apocalyptic. The world seems hopeless as a few remaining people try to survive. Some by any means necessary, um, while others try to hold on to their humanity. Um, Viggo Mortensen stars as the man and Cody Smith McPhee plays his son and I believe it's Charlize it is. Theron I didn't know she was who plays in it. his wife. She is not in it for long. Ah, well spoilers, but uh, sorry, dang it. <laughs> that does explain why she's not on the cover though, because I was like, wait, she's in oh Guy Pierce is in this? And Robert Duvall and Molly Parker, who I know from something that I just saw Oh, she's on um House of Cards. 
And then yeah, mm. I, I do want to. I uh, I've, I've I bought this actually when you were here last year, Corey. I bought it at um, Salvation Army uh, for a buck, if I'm not mistaken. And Dang, I, I've you found been, a ton I, of good movies that day. I did. I, we we hit the mother load there. Um, and it's one that I've I've had it for a while. I just it's a longer one. It's like right under two hours. So when I was doing all the 366, it was hard. I was always trying to pick movies, usually that were less. And it's just I haven't got to it. I, it's definitely on my list to watch, though, for sure. Um, and I, I want to see it. So I'm glad it's on your list. Thanks. Mike, have you ever seen that one? That's The Road? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, partially. Uh, I've seen bits and pieces in and out. I know I'll like it. I just haven't fully. I... Yep, that's how I feel, too. I'm like I, I'm a big fan of Ego Mortensen, so I, I would be surprised if I didn't like it. And I also like post-apocalyptic type <sighs> stuff, so... It needed more um, a- a athletic training time and discussion about why. Uh... Oh man, what's the word? What's the word that isn't a, isn't a word? Uh, interesting. Yes. And how interesting it more, is. How interesting is a, is a non-word? I want someone to write more of that fan fiction for it, where uh, Charlize Theron's character <laughs> isn't killed. But is taken prisoner by Immolten Joe and becomes Furiosa, um, and so the Mad Max universe and the Road are all in one. Makes sense because they both take place on roads and post-apocalyptic area. So, bam. Um, Just uh, oddly enough, the Tarpon Springs High School Band. Th- th- you'll see how this ties in. Their <laughs> routine is Mad Max Fury Road based. That oh wow. People riding in on bikes and someone acting without the flames, obviously, but totally, it's it's nuts. That's it's awesome. crazy. It, yeah, it's pretty amazing. All right, well, Mike, that I think leads us to you. What is your number one disaster movie? Uh, my number one pick is again one of those happy accidents uh, of a discovery. I think my son may have helped me discover it accidentally. 2012's The Impossible. The title of the film alone was not nearly enough to draw me in however when i learned it was based upon upon events from the um 2004 indian ocean tsunami i kind of became more interested in it it stars naomi watts ewan mcgregor and a very young fairly young tom holland oh in it it's a definite roller coaster ride one i prefer prefer to avoid spoiling um i it I've watched it more than once, and it remained affecting, affecting on the second viewing as well. Uh, when what I went into very hesitantly ended up being a very, you know, I really felt it worth my time. Uh, the effects were realistic enough, at least one wondering how anyone could have possibly survived the initial tsunami wave. But the, you know, because it covers the aftermath as well. That's not an easy, it just an easy situation all around. Um, overall, one of the better ratings of my picks, 7.6 IMDb score, 73 Metascore, 81% fresh on the Tomatometer, 84% audience score. If you're a fan of any of the three leads, you'll probably enjoy this quite a bit, and, and you should. I am upset because, one, this is the same director from A Monster Calls as well. Um, mm. J. A. Uh, Bayona, and I don't know how I've never heard of this movie because those are three actors I like quite a bit. the The scores are really high, and um, yeah, this is definitely one I'm going to check out. Um, 
And, uh, oh, I, apparently this guy's also directing the sequel to Jurassic World. I didn't realize that. Um, wow. And it looks like he did a couple episodes of Penny Dreadful and The Orphanage from 2007. Um, oh, I love The Orphanage. So this guy's got, uh, one, a very diverse uh, oeuvre of work. And I am a big fan of A Monster Calls from last year. Um, I, I've been pushing that movie on anyone, but everyone's afraid to watch it because it's about a cancer mom. So, um, you know, that's, that's it's definitely a tough watch, but man, it's, it's a gorgeous movie with some amazing watercolor work and uh, tells a great story. But The Impossible sounds really interesting, and I am, I'm kind of upset that I didn't know about it. And I know Corey's a huge Naomi Watts fan and a Ewan McGregor fan, so I'm guessing she's uh. in the same boat as me with this. I remember when it came out and I wanted to see it in theaters and I missed it. And then I just, but I love both of them. I mean, there are so many movies and there's so little time, so it makes perfect sense. Um, we should just win the lottery and just watch movies. Yeah. That's another one. Mike, uh, I, I saw none of your movies. I don't think this week. Um, I don't think Corey has either. Mm. So shut Shut us out. Down. Which I'm not that surprised. Uh, you did go for more traditional disaster movies, I think, than what I did. Especially The Impossible has a tidal wave, so there you go, a natural disaster. Because that's what I think. I think Geostorm. Um, and I'm gonna before we do our honorable mention, some big natural disaster movies that I've not seen. I've never seen The Perfect Storm. I've never seen Twister. I've never seen San Andreas. Um, I've never saw 2012. And those are four movies. Well, 2012 is not beloved by any means. Neither is San Andreas. Although I've heard San Andreas has some funny moments. Uh, maybe not funny, but some good moments or whatever. But Perfect Storm um, is supposed to be excellent. And I'm just not interested. In, and while Twister I don't think would be considered excellent, there's a lot of people who love it because of Bill Paxton and Helen Hunt. Um, but I've not seen any of those. I, I really got into a Perfect Storm, but that was me. Uh, I haven't seen it, so it's not a criticism. It's just it didn't look like something I would want to watch. Although that is, that's Wahlberg and Clooney, so I'm sure there's uh, some good there. Um, now, my honorable mentions, though, real quick to knock these out. Um, Airplane, which I was kind of torn on if a comedy would count as a disaster movie, but it's, you know, it's a great movie. I would, I would have counted it. Okay. Um, knowing with Nick Cage... Um, I've only seen once, hmm. but I was really it's it's a compelling story. It, I, it doesn't I, end very strong. Um, I'm just imagining him saying, "I know things." Um, the day after tomorrow, which is one of the only big, big natural disaster films I actually did see, um, but not by my own choosing. It kind of fell into like where I had to watch it. Um, then I got kind of desperate, so on my honorable mentions, because uh, my honorable mentions are usually what, things that I've seen that didn't make my list. And I have uh, The Book of Eli, which I liked. Um, I just found it hard to call it a disaster movie, but it was listed on one thing. Um, Armageddon, which I don't like, yet it was on my honorable I mentions. I saw that in theaters. And then uh, <laughs> The Happening, that I, loved I it then. really didn't like. Um, so, yeah. <sighs> but uh, what about you, Corey? What do you have for honorable mentions, if anything? I also was very desperate. I uh, started with the happening and wasn't having any of that. So, um, but I guys trained to Basan to Basan. Ooh, okay, interesting. Mm. Twenty-eight days later. See, I had a hard time mm. counting zombie movies as disaster films, mm -hmm. although they were showing up on the list. Um, they're not on my my regular they're not, list. They're not. I true. Also, have I am Legend, Noah, and Twister. 
Twister, I would have definitely counted. Noah is actually a good one that I didn't think about. Um, that totally is a disaster movie, right? Like, that's the whole premise of Noah. Um, yeah, they're building that arc, man. Yeah, although mm-hmm. uh, there's definitely, because it's Aronofsky, there's definitely more religious themes being explored than the idea of the water. But that is definitely a major part of the uh, the the budget of that movie is the special effects of the world flooding. Um, so, yeah, good call. Uh, Mike, what about you? I included the happening because as bad as it is, it it's almost goes into exquisite <laughs> um, kind of the realm of the exquisite. And it's definitely worth watching while it's being riffed because there is a riff tracks for it. So I wanted to mention that I included alive, which we were in our class. We were talking about the Donner pass and uh, <gasps> it, it came up uh, in, uh, in conversation because the kids, you know, it's that alive didn't that wasn't that long ago, I would say 50 years or so. And, you know, it's just crazy to think about that. Uh, Deep Impact, which I prefer much more over Armageddon. Armageddon. I didn't see that. They, oh, really? Yeah. Come again. on. It's got it's got um, Morgan Freeman as our president. I know, so. but Bruce Willis one is why. And I The was... Hobbit. Oh, yeah. That's right. Oh. Elijah Woods in it. But I am. A, I was a Bruce Willis fan, so I gave it I gave Armageddon a chance. I didn't realize it was a Michael Bay movie, uh, and yeah, don't don't care for it. I don't want to miss a thing. Uh, no, no, this is my time. I'm not sorry, Michael Bay. I was Bay's just singing time. to you. No, no. Okay. Don't you don't want to miss the rest of my list then? Uh, day after tomorrow, Twister, and my last one is The Bay, which is <gasps> I. Kind of, uh, oh. It's an odd mix, but it, it, I think it holds up for what it is. It's so. I know it's on the streaming services, so I I'll have wanted to see that. I I don't remember the bay. Um, is it old bay? Do we make some crab legs? Um, sorry for the. the well, let's take bay. place in there. Oh uh, yeah. Oh, there you go. Um, all right, folks. That is our episode for the week. Sorry, it's a little rushed. Uh, we don't usually speed through the list quite so frequently, but again, it's an unusual week, so. <sighs> We're making adjustments. We're all ready for bed. Um, uh-huh. If you uh, not I'm not all in the same bed. We're not doing no, it. Like Charlie we're all in different places. Um, if you would, uh, if you'd like to share your list, your fi- favorite disaster movies, or maybe movies that we uh, left off, or maybe you want to argue that one of our movies doesn't belong on a disaster movie list, email us at contact at burkreviews dot com. That's contact at burkreviews dot com. You can follow me on Instagram or Twitter at burkreviews. Corey. If you love photos of cats, I'm at Corey R Star Two R's on the end on Instagram and Twitter. And Mike, um, and I have a little bit of everything at Server Monkey. Yeah, I'm the same. Uh, mine, I do have animals on mine, but I, I kind of have records around. too. Um, yeah, I, I post pictures of the movies that I'm watching. That's my new thing. I just take a picture of my TV. I'm like, hey, look what I'm watching. Um, we'll be back next week with another episode. Corey and I are doing uh, the Howling. From 1981, <laughs> um, directed by Joe Dante, this week from Movie Club. So, uh, if you'd like to email your thoughts on that before the episode comes out, we might read them on the on the episode. Um, guys, thank you for giving up your Tuesday evening. Have a good one. All right. Bye. Peace, Night. everybody.